We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you for another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We're coming to you after the Dallas Mavericks defeated the San Antonio Spurs 104 to 100. I want to apologize in advance because my audio is a little bit sketchy this podcast. I'm going to work that out for tomorrow night. Uh, but Josh, how are you doing? Kirk, I, I have a, I'm going to open this podcast with a request for you sure. and a mission. This is your mission for the rest of the season. Um, when the Mavericks lost game seven against the Clippers in the playoffs this year and combining that with the off season that they had coaching Jason Kidd starting the same starting lineup they've started since 1975, <laughs> I, I need your mission. Your mission is to keep me focused on the game that we just saw. So, because there is a part of my brain that sees a game like this, they barely pulled out a win against a lottery bound team. And I'm like, <laughs> the first thing my brain wants to go is what's the point? Like I didn't learn. We didn't really learn much, you know, maybe, you yep. know, we can get into it, but like there's part of my brain. That's like, I can't celebrate the Mavericks barely beating a lottery bound team with the same roster we've seen for three years, because we all, if it keeps looking like this, we all know how the season's going to end, and that's a stupid way to to look at things because you gotta you gotta look at each game. It can be its own story. It's only been four games. I, I totally understand how stupid that mentality is, but I think my brain has just been broken a little bit. So I just need you to keep me on track so that I'm not rambling like a crazy lunatic uh, after every single game, uh, and then I think we'll be good. I think we'll be okay too. I mean. <laughs> So for anybody that that didn't watch the game, obviously 
big picture, we're delighted the Mavericks won their third straight game. They just need wins. Wins are going to matter at a certain point in the season. We're not going to care as much about the how. We're going to care about the what. The flip side to this argument, though, is that for the fourth straight game, they started like a team that had no idea there was a basketball game getting played. And that that start nearly cost the Mavericks as they fell down 23-3. to What benefited them is that the Spurs are also not very good. They're, they're, Spurs are going to be a pain in the butt to play. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to say they're awful. But night in, night out, because they're lacking kind of a true superstar, over the course of 82 games, they're going to be found out as a team that is just not good enough. Right? Is that fair? Yeah, they're a team that I think has all the pieces except the the main the piece. piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, I, re- I recap this one. And when I take notes, I tend to not get as pissy about stuff. But, you know, it, it's my main thing. And I'm going to be curious about what anyone else thinks about this. I'm going to host a green room right after is for me. Now the start is almost entirely upon Luca. Uh, He is the team leader. He's the best player and the team energy reflects his give a shit. And he just hasn't really shown it much. I think like once he gets challenged and he gets testy, he's, he's, there's a lot more there. Like he had a, a fourth quarter defensive stand where he was hyped and you could feel it and the crowd could feel it. But it took until Jalen Brunson, it really, it took until Luca went out of the game in the first quarter, like almost eight minutes for the Mavericks to look like they had anything going. And it's on Luca to bring it every night. And we've talked about this for two years now. You know, we didn't really, there's no reason to talk about it this rookie year, but Luca's next big step in the ascension of superstardom is learning to bring it on these nights where he doesn't really feel it. And I don't know how they do that past bringing, this is why I, I count, I cape so hard for Goran Dragic, who I think is someone, a, a mediator between the coaching staff, but is still a player that might be able to tell him when to get it the fuck together and, and have him hear it because I mean, he was terrible, terrible. And the Mavericks were terrible with him. And if we want to shower all the praise on him, which we have over the years, I think it also is is kind of in, in, incumbent upon us to be honest and say when he is playing like shit, and despite his numbers coming out pretty good over four games, I've yet to really feel like we've had that that Luka Doncic game. Would you disagree? No, I would not disagree. I'm right there with you. I mean, the first half, he was three of eight, seven points. I think he had four. He had turnovers. so many turnovers. His turnovers yeah. and ball control right now is is not alarming. It's annoying. And and I think that a lot of the, the downhill problems, which you're talking about, which you led the podcast off with, which is about taking the long view, if they're you know understanding that these are sort of the constraints, this is going to be the team that they have, so I really don't. I'm kind of I'm I'm not done talking about. I just would like to see some variation in the lineups. But if if we're kind of where we're going to be for at least the next three months, then it's going to be it's going to be on Luca to to do more and at least do more earlier. Because I'm again we're delighted they won three games, but three games against bad teams. And when I see like odd victory laps where it's like, see, we told you, and it's like. I mean, I'm glad they won, but there were weird wins all the same for a team that has 
you know, prior a lot to prove, a lot to prove paired with like fringe title aspirations for Christ's sakes. Like there's gotta be some reconciling of, of the way this team talks about themselves and then the performance of the product. Right. Yeah. Like this is being excited about this kind of win is, you know, if the team was bad last year or if they were like an eighth seed, you know, but it, or if the expectations were different, but like I mean, they nearly gave the damn game away. Yeah, like, you just the game just leaves you with a kind of ugh, taste in your mouth, and then they cut. You know they have to get on the road and go play the Denver Nuggets, who are facing kind of their own odd existential issues. So that'll be a, a fun game. I mean, I'm not particularly high or low. I, I just I'm running out like like we're at game four and it's like well what else is there to talk about until they really do some different stuff because what like, do, is there anything different that you would really like to see because I know you were really kind of irritated by it felt uh, felt like social media was really out on Powell yeah I, I think people there's probably people listening that when we were talking about Lucas poor start they're like well pa- Powell Powell like because Powell played every yeah. single minute Powell in the first also half played like yeah he did but like. <laughs> Come on, like if if Luke is playing poorly and Powell's playing poorly, like the guy who's just signed a two hundred million dollar contract and is supposed to be you know an MVP candidate, he get like that's part of the deal with all of that is you get the blame when you play bad and your team looks bad. Like mm-hmm. if Dwight Powell, if 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 Dwight Powell is the reason for Luca playing poorly, that's less. I, I mean that. You can't just wipe that away from Luke. like that's some of that means it's on Luca. Like Luca has to come out with a different mindset or he has to do something different if Powell is like you know, he has to be able to lift, you know, lift the lift all boats, you know, or whatever the phrase is. You know, there there's got to be some some responsibility there. But you're right. Powell was terrible. Uh he the, the way the Mavericks use him right now is just not sustainable. Uh you know, I think he's been setting some more screens, but defensively he's a tire fire. Well, no, um, him. he's, I, I, I don't, this is, he had three offensive foul calls tonight, Powell did. And, and like those sorts of things just can't happen. And, and it's little stuff. I mean, I would like to see, I don't know, like, I don't think Kleber can give you starters minutes. I just don't. Like, like, we'll pivot to talking about how incredible Kleber was tonight. But it's like this team has 35 centers, and I just look at all of them and kind of go, eh, you know. Hey, good Mexican <laughs> game, though. Oh, I mean, well, that's like we should. The Maxi game was outstanding. Like, we, I, it's just what I, what I would like to see. You know, we've been kind of clamoring for them to go small it, to start the game, and they really had to with Porzingis out with back whatever he has. And the small start did not in, engender me with any optimism because they were so just lethargic. I, I we saw a little bit of it in the third quarter to start. Like there was one pass from Luca to Reggie to the corner that was just like the pass that we've been I've been dreaming about. Um, and and it's ah, it's it's just really you want to you want to go through a game against a bad team and see like kind of an authoritative Mavs win, and we just haven't seen that yet. No, and you know with Maxi, uh, I think there was a lot of proclamations like he's back. And well, I hope I, he is, but this is was, too. this was his first, like, let's be honest. Like, I mean, the first three games he was, he was solid, but he wasn't, he wasn't like doubting credit. You know, he wasn't silencing critics sure. in his first three games. Like he had some, he was really rough shooting the ball in the first two games. Like most of the other team. I mean, he had six blocks tonight and those are all the blocks he has this season. Uh, so, you know, 
which is like I said, I'm not trying to take away from it. I'm just saying let's let's give it a couple more games before we declare he's back. But if he's this 2018 type version of Maxi that we've been clamoring for, you know, that's a big benefit to this team because they, you know, he's been on a decline the last two years. Uh, some of it is because of his body breaking down, and some of it, you know, he's getting a little older. You know, he's mm-hmm. 29. You know, I think people, always, you know, I, I'm people listening to this podcast aren't the people I'm talking to, but I think the like a general fan base probably forgets that how old he is, considering right. he's only been in the league for for about four years. Not to mention, um, yeah, we we've also had Dirk who like sort of bends the understanding of longevity, where it's like yeah. most guys in the NBA are good for about five or six years max, and then they just yeah. kind of fade away. Yeah, and the thing with Maxi tonight that I really loved, and part of this is just due to the Spurs roster, mm-hmm. is you know we talked about how the Spurs don't have a go-to guy, a number one scoring star threat. Uh, and the thing about the Mavericks that we've complained about is that they kind of feel forced to put Maxi on those guys because they really just don't have any other options to turn to. And when you do that, like that's okay, uh, but that takes away what Maxi's best skill, which I think is him being a paint protector and a weak side help defender and someone who guards the rim. And when you're sticking Maxi on a, on a one-on-one score, like they've had to in the last couple of years, because mm-hmm. no one else can do anything. It, it takes away some of his effectiveness. And right. his block and rate has just... dropped the last two years. And you look at tonight, you know, he didn't have to go, you know, he was basically guarding a big or, or another big wing that, that doesn't ha- you know, take up a lot of possessions. And he was able to, to fly around like crazy, guard the rim, block shots. Like, that's that's his role and if the, the, the close to the Mavericks can stick to that consistently for a whole season the better results I think they'll get with Max so I'm gonna do, do some math with you last year Maxi I think played 1341 or 1341 minutes so 1341 minutes that's how you say numbers Kirk uh, and he had 35 blocks that's basically one block every 38 minutes tonight he played 29 minutes and had six blocks which is a block every 4.8 minutes. And it's just, it's, he really, I, I'm really delighted because I think in, in even in up, this is the most minutes he's played by far. I think that Maxi's sort of best usage is under 25 minutes. And when you go look at just game logs last year, they really ground him down to dust and he had COVID issues. And it's, it's, it's nice to see. I think he fits in their rotation. He's probably the most versatile out of all of their bigs, which can just result in a desire to over rely on him. And it's it was nice to see him really working well with Brunson, who we've not even mentioned yet. Brunson, through through four games, has been the Mavericks' best player, or at least most consistent player. Definitely, um, he is. He's earned the contract. Um, uh, Dallas Morning News: Brad Brad Townsend had you know kind of a, a a bit of a quip about his playmaking, and you know he's Brunson is passing the ball really well, like really, really well. And he's, eighteen assists and three turnovers. And he's making season. the kind of passes. And like this is where I get kind of irked with this. Where it's like he's making passes he did not make before. Like that's good. It's progress. But I would not have counted on him to make some of these corner kick passes that I've seen him make the past few games. I'm delighted. It's just you know, twenty five year old point guards don't learn new tricks. And he has, which is great. It's good for the Mavericks. I'm really, really fun watching him play. Um, you know, he, he just does a little bit of everything while he's in there. And frankly, the Mavericks have needed it because, you know, the aforementioned starting group's energy is just always has been bad. So, yeah, I mean, another big number for him, you know, the assists and the turnovers is something we look at. Uh, he took six three pointers. 
tonight. He made three of them. That's another big number for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got 11, three, or no, he's got five, seven. Uh, he's got 17 threes in uh, four games. And I lied on the assist number. He actually has 23 assists and three turnovers through four that's games. Real, I mean, that's really amazing. So, yeah. So, you know, the passing and the turnovers being down, being able to find guys when he's running the offense and then shooting more because he's a good shooter and he should take more threes. And yeah. I would love for him to be in that four to six range per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what he's career to guard him from distance. Like they're mm-hmm. not, they don't, it's going to be a while for, until people get used to the fact that he's just willing to pull up. And I think he should use that to his advantage because once he does that, then I think he's going to get more, more forays into the lane. Yep. Totally. So, I think the last guy that's worth touching on is, is it was nice to see a bit of an offensive bounce back game from, from Dorian Finney Smith, uh, who prior to the game was two of 14 <laughs> from three and he finished tonight three of eight, which, you know, three of eight, if, if he goes three of eight every game, Mavericks are, are going to be pretty okay, I think. The volume for him, I like it because the shots that he's getting are wide open. And there's going to be games where he plays real well and hits a ton. And, you know, like the Utah game last year, I mean, he had 14 points, eight boards. He had a pair of steals. I felt like he was very effective um, just kind of as a rover defensively. Um, since the spur, like the Mavericks are doing a lot more switching on defense, uh, at least that I remember seeing last year. Maybe it's just the switches are more urgent. Um, I, I've, I've just enjoyed watching him play, particularly like I, I think some some lineups. I, I did he play that with Frank Milikina because like those two together just sort of cause like like <laughs> when I think about them, they're just sort of like chaos creators in the best way for the Mavericks on defense. Yeah, totally. And uh, another game, kind of Finney Smith, kind of like Kleba, is another guy that I think sometimes can struggle. You know, if he has to guard a big physical scorer one on one and get put on an island because the Mavericks, you know, again, it felt like at times the only two players they trusted to do to get any stops were were him and Kleba. So that meant they kind of had to, they were kind of on islands at times over the last couple of years and they play a team like the Spurs, which again, don't have, you know, a dominant one-on-one score. And you kind of can see what Finney Smith can do without having the pressure of trying to stop, you know, an all NBA guy. Uh, and it goes to show you the value of, you know, the value he can bring when, you know, if you can get him in the proper peg of the rotation, you know, which is kind of something we've been talking about uh, for forever. I feel like, so, you know, another good game for him, uh so yeah you know they the bench guys doing stuff is probably like the 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 takeaway of this game uh and then on the flip side it's just you know the starters looking so but like they just got to address that because they just minus numbers are a riot like Luca was a negative 19 and the Mavericks won like that should not be possible but the bench was really really good and I mean in some respects, it's nice to see guys like Frank Nilakina earn some keep. I mean, Willie Cauley-Stein, we've got to get him all the way up and out of this rotation. I, I, I'm ready for Moses Brown time because, like, Willie shot that three, which was so bad. Got somehow ended up with his own rebound off the three and then drove to the lane for a wild layup, which Maxi cleaned up and kicked out to, gosh, who hit the three? It was, a, it was a key stretch in the game, though. And and Willie just, 
really thinks he's a different dude than he is. And and I, I don't know. I I Willie really is one of my guys who I'm just I I, I I'm tired of watching him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And I mean, if Kristaps is back, uh, yeah. you hope you hope Kleba can slide. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that Kleba probably needs to be in that starting lineup ahead of Pal, but. Uh, We'll see if the Mavericks Leadership Council will will allow it to be so. Uh, I guess that'll be what we, we look for tomorrow night. Uh, they play the Nuggets, and I'm I'm really excited to see them play a good team because I feel like these are like the te- like these are the true tests to try to to figure out how this team differs. Because like I said, there's good there's some things to take away, but barely you know scraping by a lottery team. There's just only so much you can do with those kind of results. So like, yeah. You know, I'm excited to see them play second out of back to back on the road in Denver. Denver is really good at home, even though they're kind of weird this year. Like, should be a, a lot of adversity tomorrow night. Uh, I get you know, with more maybe more eyes on you, you know, bigger matchup, and and we'll see how they respond. Yeah, yeah. So they play the Nuggets tomorrow night, which means I'm assuming they're heading to the airport like now to get on the plane, get as yes. much sleep as you can. They play a 9 p.m. Uh, Dallas time game tomorrow night, which that'll be the closest thing I get to a late game this year, which will feel hilarious to me. Um, you, but it's Friday night. You and I will be on uh, after the game. Almost, uh, there, there'll be a green room attached to the second half of this podcast, just because people, uh, the, the fans who re- the fans who like the green room, really like the green room. I, I, I hope you guys come on. We've been getting some new people to join, which is really fun. Um, and uh, and and you know, it's just it's nice. Basketball and sports should be about community. So, uh, Josh, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, let's see how they do tomorrow against Denver. Going to be a late right, our first late night. That's right. And uh, this has been Kirk and Josh, Mavs and Moneyball After Dark. Head on over to Mavs Moneyball. Check out everything we've got. Uh, Please subscribe. Tell your friends. You know, we're approaching a preposterous number of downloads for the year 2021, which I don't think Josh and I could have ever envisioned whenever we started doing this. Uh, So we're grateful to all of you. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Everybody hang around for the green room. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy, hosted by me, Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyball.com. All of you already knew that already, though, didn't you? Come to you after a- another grind fest of a Dallas victory. They defeated the San Antonio Spurs 104-100. to uh, I don't really know what to say about this game, other than the fact that I'm glad that they won. Because had they lost, this would have been a gripey bitch session of a uh, of a of a, a green room, which sometimes those can be very cathartic. And instead, I find myself glad that the Mavericks are up two and zero or two and zero in their division, and now we can sort of uh, turn our eyes to a much more interesting team in Denver and see what's next. So. As always, let's remember the basic uh, uh, gist here. When I call your name and invite you up on stage, be sure to hit the unmute button at the bottom. Uh, I'm going to attempt to prioritize folks whose names I haven't seen in here. Uh, Because tomorrow night is the end of a back-to-back, I'm probably going to make this one a little shorter and tag it on to the end of our normal podcast. And then, because tomorrow's Friday night, maybe we can hang out a little bit later. So, okay, coming up next, we have Max. Max, welcome. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, Kirk? Thanks for having us on here. Um, so <laughs> these games are just really stressful. I don't think we're going to have any games that aren't completely <laughs> stress me out. 
<laughs> right, right. Like a definitive butt kicking would feel nice. I think is is part of what what why a lot of us. Yeah, I think one take that I have from this, and I'm not sure if it's the point guard coaching of kid, you know, wanting Luca to run like more of a a true point guard role, but it seems like early in the game, Luca has had like, and maybe it was just the beginning of this game and a few of the other games as well, where he's like wide open in the mid range and he's looking to pass early. I think he really like needs to take a different approach where, you know, he's a little bit more aggressive early because people are just playing the pass and he's turning the ball over because of it. And I think that if he's more aggressive early, you know, shooting, getting a shot, then they're going to collapse on him a bit more, you know, and, and we can get more of these, you know, kick out threes that we've known. See, I think that's offense. him. I, I think that's Luca because Luca's inclination is to make the right basketball play. And I really think he wants to get his teammates involved. But the thing that Josh and I talked about, and I wrote about this, is it would be great is if Luca showed up to the game looking like he gave a shit before like the nine minute mark of of the first quarter. Like this is the the third game in a row. I feel like where he has not brought the required energy of a superstar. And you know our guy Matthew, who's who's down there in the chat, was in the game. I think we have a few other people who are at the game. Said that the game basically did not pick up energy until Luca left with about four minutes left in the first quarter. That's not great. He has to be kind of the, 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 um, well, you know, he has to be the person that leads on that front. And, and he's just hasn't done it yet. That, that, the start of that game really reminded me of the Memphis game last year where we all sort of like collectively lost our minds, where he was just awful and the Mavericks lost one of their many games uh, to sub 500 teams where it just didn't look great. So at least that's my opinion. Yeah, I think Luca is really just a kid at heart and he really gets going when he starts having fun. And when he's not having fun, he can really go into like a deep tunnel of depression and just like, seems like he just shuts out. And I think Carlisle did do that well. And I think Jason Kittle kind of wearing, it's like once he, he used to kind of show it with like frustration fouls and things like that. But Carlisle would kind of get him out of the game for a few minutes, even if it was pretty early. I think that, um, you know, he either needs to learn how to deal with it and, you know, move on and play hard regardless if he's making shots or turning the ball over or, or kid needs to maybe just take him out a bit sooner. Cause I think he stayed in there for a solid, like he was in there for like eight minutes. It was a long pain. And, and this is, he's, (laughs) this is why I think they need a veteran. This is why I've been advocating for uh, Drogic because I think he needs a peer to tell him to get his shit together. It, it, coaching is only going to do so much, and Kid only has a certain number of cards in a given game and a given season that he can play with Luca. And it's got to come from your peers where it's like, get it together. Because he's just sloppy. Um, he obviously was fine, but I mean, he didn't have a rebound or an assist until the third quarter. Eh, maybe it's the second. Maybe it's the second half of the, the second half. I was taking way too many notes in this game. But. Anyways, it's it's something to kind of, you know, somebody in the chat, where was it, just talked about how it's like, well, Luke will be fine. I, I agree. It's just he's the straw that stirs the drink, and they ha- he just needs to be a little bit better. Okay, well, I'll let some other people get on over here. Last thing I'll just say really quick is I always have to watch it on Bally Sports with the Spurs announcers when I watch here. I'm in San Antonio, and I just love to hear the meat crow because every time we play the – 
Spurs. They're just like down talking Luca the whole game. Like, you know, they used to get on him about how he, you know, talks to the refs. Now they're, you know, they always just got other bad things to say about Luca. Like. So anyway, oh, love yeah. to hear Meat Crow at the end and say, wow, he's doing pretty well now. It's <laughs> <laughs> outstanding. Thanks for joining, Max. Have a good night. All right, coming up next, let's try Carlo again. Carlo, you're back. Can you can you hear me? There we go. Thanks for trying again. Appreciate yeah, yeah. Bluetooth uh, headphones are not good with green room. Yeah, they either work for me totally or they don't work at all. There's been very little in between. So, um, so since uh, I'm a European fan, you have to bear with my accent. Uh, sure, you sound great. Um, so, are we going to talk about how the Hawks lost game was like a good thing for the Mavs? So, tell me more. Why do you think that? Because they certainly got dumped cold water on them to start the year. They were not aware. Yeah, like I think that uh, in that game we have seen a push for Luca to play more of ball and it, it hasn't worked like Luca should play with the ball he's the best and, and uh, they've really gone away from from some of the stuff that they were doing like strange isolations it's been much more similar to last year there's still a couple of plays run but i feel like it's a lot more offense than it is individual plays yeah, that, that's the point. And also, like, if we have last year offense with this year defense, we are going to be good, like really good. We are not hitting shots and we are winning. They are bad teams, but we are winning. You want the win more first and foremost. Josh, Josh and I just talked about that where I told him if this was like game 40, he wouldn't be as grumpy as he is because at that point in the year, you're just looking to notch victories and stay in the, the win, you know, in the, in the win loss column in the West, we are hoping to be in the playoffs, but right now me and him are both prone to sort of nitpicking. Um, and these wins are ugly, but they're also wins. I mean, part of why I, I named this whole thing group therapy is because we were so emotional after all these losses and there really hasn't been <laughs> – there's not really been anything to be super emotional. Yeah, like in every year when you come back from 20 against the Spurs, you are going, you are going good. There's some yeah. things uh, to be said about uh, going down 20 against the Spurs because they are, they are talented, but they don't have top talent. And right. If they had one more star player, like if you put Luca on that team, I don't know who you trade him out with, but you just put Luca on that team and they're immediately outstanding. They were, I mean, they're tough. I really like, like I did not like that game was not particularly fun because <laughs> the Spurs made it difficult. Uh, Paul is like a great offensive rebounder. And we saw it tonight. Like he was crashing the glass. Mm. He was good. I like Pulse a lot. But also, last things uh, be, before I go. Uh, when are we going to see the Branson lineup uh, without Branson and with Luca? Because that's what I want to see. The, the lineup with uh, Kleber, Nilikina, uh, Dorian, and uh, Reg Bullock uh, 
with Luca, I think will be probably the best lineup that we can. I hope that I hope we start seeing a little more variation. That's why I, I I suppose it's a little frustrating that they've struggled in these games because then when you're up more, you can kind of do more experimentation. But we just haven't really seen a lot of that yet. Um, I do agree that that lineup is a lot more fun. They also play a little faster, which I think has to do more with Brunson than Luca. But you know, we'll we'll see. There's there's plenty of games ahead. Um, uh, Nilakina, it, it's really great to see that the bet that he made and then the Mavericks made at least through four games. I mean, he has made a case for more minutes, don't you think? Yes. And also, like, Nilikina is who you want to defend Kawhi on this team. Yeah. Well, it's just he's so, like, didn't he cause a, a uh, uh, what is it, a five-second turnover from, uh, from an inbounds? Yeah, at, at the end of, uh, of the second quarter, I think. Like that never happens in the NBA. <laughs> like that's I I love stuff like that. Just just him and Dorian, I think, just their length. Like there's just enough. The Mavs have just a little bit better defense right now, and it cascades in a good way to where there's not as much responsibility on a Dorian, on a Maxi, to where they can all play a little bit better defense. So yeah, when when well, we are, thank you for joining us. When we are hustling. And uh, THJ and Luca are actually trying on defense. This defense does things because you see it. Like yeah. Reggie Bullock was a defender we didn't have. Josh Richardson was not as good as a defender as uh, as Reggie has been in five games. Totally agree. Totally agree. This is the feel on the defensive side is really nice. Not really talking about or spending most of our time talking about the offense, but the defense stuff has like real stretches. I mean, the Mavs went, they had a 16 0 run in no small part because the Spurs just couldn't score. Now, some of that was on the Spurs just being bad, but you know, the Mavericks had their say in it. It's, it's nice to see. And Dorian c- crashing the, fl- the offensive glass, cutting from the, the corner is something like it's really good. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us. You got anything else? I've got a train passing, so I'll see you goodbye. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us. Okay, coming up next, we have Jose, who I didn't get a chance to bring on last night. Jose, what's up? How long has Dwight Powell been with the team? Uh, he was part of the founding team in 1980. It has been 30, no, 41 years now he's been a member of the Mavericks. <laughs> dating back to the uh to the original green jerseys <laughs> feels like it man i just i don't know i don't know what to do with him because when he co- when he works well he's outstanding and when he doesn't it's just like what is happening i i'm absolutely tired of dwight powell like i don't mind him coming off the bench but being a starter, it ju- it just shouldn't happen anymore going forward. I'm tired of seeing it. He played 24 minutes tonight, and almost every single time you see him getting out-rebounded, <laughs> getting blocked, you see him just – like, he, he has the definition all of all the muscles, and yet he's just getting pushed around. And I'm tired of watching it. I don't. I don't blame you. I mean, I'm not really sure what 
it, it, it's two different coaching staffs that have, have made this a thing. I think when he's doing stuff on the role, man, that's fine, but he just tends to, he's like clogging things up in a way that he wasn't previously. And the, he shot that one three from the top of the key and there's nobody within like 20 feet of him. It's because they don't, he's no, he's not a threat and everybody knows it. So what else you got? Right. Well, I, I really like Frank and, and Maxie tonight. They, they really stepped up. So did Jalen Bronson. And even though Luca had a uh, very slow start in the first half he ended up uh, 11 of 19 with uh 50 57 percent from the the field goal range or whatever <laughs> so I, I thought that was really interesting but that that's all i really had for you tonight kirk thanks for bringing me up sure thing buddy have a good night all right coming up next we're gonna get to christian how you doing christian hey kirk how you doing today I am all right. What's going on? Oh man, I you know the the one different you know I think you elaborated on it a bit earlier, but the fact that against these poor teams that we don't fully kind of get up for, we're kind of pulling through, which is uh, you know good sight. But man, do I just want to give. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that deserve their flowers, but in particular, Jalen Brunson and his passing has looked significantly better. I don't want to overreact to such a short sample size, but he seems to be making strides in that sense, which is fantastic for us as a team. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 mixed on where I am with this team at the moment because when I'm watching the game, it's pretty cringe, and then when the game's over. I'm like, okay, they won. Is there anything else I really, you know, I'm just not where I, I, I thought I would be in terms of being frustrated by this team. Um, maybe it's because I'm over an 82-game season. I'd much rather them look like shit now than around game 40, like taking a die, like taking a slump. Like they're, they're every game I'm seeing at least a few things um, that are, are, are steps in the right direction. Yeah, the one thing I think that makes me hopeful is Luca's come out three games in a row just and really all season hasn't looked fantastic. You know, he's still, you know, he's he's a star. He puts up the numbers that he puts up. But the hope at least in, from my perspective is you know, Luca will get better especially against good teams. I think he'll be ready. KP has looked you know, moved very well and his shots haven't fallen, but I don't think, you know, at bare minimum, it's going to, you know, come back up. It's only going to be that like natural regression back up. Um, And then when you look at kind of these depth pieces, there's just a little bit more there. Like Frank, it, you know, offensively driving the hoop is a little bit scary, but the defense is real. Maxi being kind of healthy. I mean, look fantastic tonight. Um, there's just, I think, a little bit more hope in KP as well as kind of the depth. So I'm still excited. I won't belabor the point on uh, power or anything. I'm not thrilled, uh, but I'm not as down as I thought I might have been uh, because I feel like there is hope 
um, and things will kind of get a little bit better. But tomorrow's going to be the first test, so I'm, I'm excited to see if Brunson can continue this, Luca gets up for it, and hopefully KP, whenever that situation is um, resolved, you know, hopefully he can start knocking down his shots. But um, I'm interested. Do, what do you do? You think we win tomorrow? Traveling second night of a back to back. Historically, it just doesn't bode well for any team. Um, just based on that alone, like the travel plus the second night, no. Um, and and that's not anything against the Mavericks. It's just like that sheer, just that thing working against them makes this. Difference. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I I hope I hope at least it's a close game. Usually when we play Denver, it's always uh, a fun game, and hopefully, you know, some of these guys can really uh, step up, and you know, hopefully the shooting from the three point line at least is more similar than tonight than it's been. But overall, excited. I'll you know let others get up. Appreciate as always uh, getting a chance to speak, and I hope you have a great. Thanks, buddy. All right. Um, I'm. I'm. Uh, while we're talking, I've been messing with the podcast I recorded with Josh, and I didn't check my gain, and so I sound terrible. So anybody that's listening to me tomorrow, I already apologize, but I just want to let people know. Running around trying to get this stuff up for the middle of the night is sometimes a little difficult. Um. All right. I would like to bring up. Let's see here, Nick. It's been a while. How? Are- Hit the unmute button. Got it. I think. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> How's it going? It's all right. What, what What are you thinking? Um, I'm like a lot of you guys, just frustrated by the slow starts every game. But uh, it's also encouraging because now you know, if, even if they get off to a slow start, they can win these games. Um. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a little. The, the the Hawks thump them so badly that that is still stinging. Yeah. But there's a little bit of, of, you know, being able to hold on against the Spurs where I just, I, I feel like they played good for 12 out of 48 minutes. Yeah, but that, that there's their talent level is so much higher than other teams that, and maybe that's debatable a little bit, but the teams are playing right now. Um, mm-hmm. That 12 is good enough. Uh, to go get a win because the defense has been so much better than I've seen in quite quite a long time watching uh, the Rick Carlisle Mavericks. Um, yeah, they're just there's little things that are happening. Um, Matthew in the chat talked about this uh, with with Mavs Moneyball where Luca is like contesting like nine ish shots a game, which is great. Last yeah. season he was kind of doing like six, but. When I was talking to Tim Cato, Tim Cato right. said he went and looked at the same numbers kind of through like like the first 10 games of the season. Luca was also doing this <laughs> and then just kind of stopped. But it, it's it's the little things that we're seeing. Like there were a couple of seals that Pirtle had where the Mavericks, like like Dorian in particular, you know, sort of baited him into a, a posting up way too deep and then kind of getting around and getting a finger on the ball. Like that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. I just don't remember seeing enough of last year you know no no it's it's the coaches are definitely telling him 
telling them to go for that those kinds of deflections and just create chaos yeah. rather than just stay in front of your man, make him take a jump shot, like stay in front of your man, make him pat. It was it's just more aggressive, um, which yeah. sometimes leads to an open three. Sometimes it leads to a to a uh, turnover fast break. Um, but you don't ever let the opposition get comfortable in their offensive sets, and then you can start winning these grinded out games because you have Luka Doncic and Jalen and other guys who can uh, get buckets when you need it down the stretch. So I'm encouraged. I like watching this kind of basketball. It reminds me of uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago when you see these lower scores and more physical. I think uh, it could work out to the mass benefit. The the physicality of these first four games is certainly different. I mean, I think it explains a little bit of the uptick in turnovers well, we're seeing from Luca. I think he's hunting like and he's not getting some calls he might want. But the flip side of that is then he's kind of going down to the post and doing some really just flat out rude things to defenders, which is fun. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I love yeah. it. Yeah. What else you got for us, Nick? Uh not too much. Um I feel like the team is pretty pretty well prepared to deal with um, uh, any KP absences from what I saw tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, they got used just, to it enough last year. Yeah. It's a little bit different style of play. What I was the least pleased to see was that, that the defensive intensity without him didn't drop off because he was pretty important to the defense the first three games right. of the year. He was setting the tone for sure. Yeah. So that was nice. It seems like Maxi got out there and set the tone, which is awesome. Tonight. It's been a, it's it, it's been uh, two years since we've seen that Maxi. I know. I was so relieved to see it. I thought maybe he lost a step and he just wasn't going to be that guy anymore. But he's back. But even let's let's just say for the sake of argument, because he's close to thirty. Let's say that it's he's not back. But if the Mavericks can play him yeah. twenty to twenty five minutes instead of twenty five to thirty minutes over the course of an eighty two game year. He's just going to be fresher. I also like that they're not necessarily forcing him to be the guy on defense. Like, he can be a helper. I think he and Dorian are best actually at help defense as opposed to man, as opposed to, like, lockdown stuff where they make them guard the best. Yeah, which was what what probably four of those blocks were all help mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. And then there were a couple that were like, his. he just blocked his guy straight up. Right. Right. Well, thank you, Nick, for, for so, joining yeah. us. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, coming up next here, we have Brandon, who's been waiting a while. Brandon, what's up? Hey, can you hear me, Kurt? I can. You sound good. All right. Um, Well, I'm not surprised that it was closer to the Popovich Spurs team, but just kind of like how we got there nearly gave me multiple heart attacks. So um, that was fun, I guess, tonight. I won't pile on too much. I know chat's been... I mean, having a hate fest with Powell, I won't pile on too much with him, but God, is he an anchor <laughs> for offense because he is a one-trick pony who's not doing his trick right now. He is not finishing around the basket at all, and it is killing our offense whenever he's out there with Luka because all they do is pick and rolls because if Powell's on the court, that's all you can do because he's otherwise yeah. he's just not finishing. So. That I think that obviously with Luca also not giving a shit is contributing to all the slow starts until you know Powell gets out of the game and they can get some flow going. 
which is strange because Powell is kind of synonymous for energy. He's been, that's one thing he's brought for a while, but just some of the misses, I know what you mean, feel a little frustrating. I get really frustrated by the pick and roll defense, which I don't know why he's not been good at it ever. Um, <laughs> but it's still, it's just really painful to watch sometimes. He has like that. I mean, it's almost like a video game where, you know, he has like some side effect where your defensive rating like skyrockets like to 120 whenever he's on the court, just automatic. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I mean, I guess like, speaking of defense, kind of the main thing I wanted to talk about, I'm obviously like cautiously optimistic. Like I definitely think this defense is better than the garbage that it was last year. But with how the offense is looking, I feel like it may need to be better. Because, like, I think everybody thought we just need it to be, like, an average defense. And if we're going to go through these stretches where we can't score for shit, like, we need it to be a good defense like it was tonight. Maybe not, like, great or elite or anything, but, like, we need to have two or three-minute stretches where we also hold the other team to not scoring if we're going to win some more of these games. And I'm worried that if we play teams that aren't garbage offensively, that it might, you know, we might revert back to being a, a shitty defense. So I, I, what's your thoughts? I understand. I, I think the offense has a positive regression at some point. You know, the, somebody, I think it was Heath in the chat, pointed out how bad Tim Hardaway Jr. was. And when Tim and Luca are both just bricking everything, and then Porzingis isn't in. And then Dorian Finney-Smith was kind of he. I don't think he had a shot till the late in the second second quarter. Maybe there's they need some things to go in for them. And and I I think they will over the course of things. So I I don't think they're built to be a good defensive team ever. I think they're built to be average at best. And unless that changes by like a magnitude, this is probably what they got. So. I think their best bet is to to try to be a very good offense and an okay defense. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm hoping for. I'm just very disappointed in I mean and you are right there's definitely going to be a positive regression. Like these guys aren't going to be shooting 31% from three point line for the entire season, but um it's just we're we're going to need to win some some knockout you know, slugfest games like tonight. And uh, I just get worried, you know, even if Jokic doesn't play tomorrow or if he's like limited, I mean, I feel like Michael Porter Jr. is better than any player, offensively speaking, at least. That In theory, but he's actually had a terrible season so far. If you go look at his numbers, he's so, it, it's like he, he's, he, I mean, he, he, the Mavericks would be his get right team in one respect, but, but it's, it's exactly. very, it's it's very he's he's not what you'd think he would have done given the opportunity right which means like you said he'll go for 40 tomorrow oh yeah bobby in the chat just says kirk thanks for the jinx (laughs) (laughs) oh well thank you brandon you got anything else uh just that i do think uh jalen brunson's actual like level up on passing because I mean we've got including preseason like seven or eight games now. Like he's make like last year he couldn't make the basic passes without overthrowing guys and now he's making those basic passes, making those basic leads accurately. And he's got some nice like lay downs and like driving kicks. So 
I, I'm not saying it resolves our whole second secondary facilitator issue, but I definitely think it kind of chips away at that problem. So for sure, for sure. Well, thanks so much, Brandon. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay, coming up next, going to bring on a couple more folks and then get out of Dodge just because I have to. It's going to be another late night tomorrow night, so uh, I'm sorry if I don't get to you. Sam, how are you doing? What's going on, Coach? How are you doing, man? All right. All right, so I jumped on kind of late because I was watching the end of that uh, that Packers-Cardinals game, which was crazy. So um, I haven't joined it on the Dwight Powell bashing, so I'm going to do that right now. Um <laughs> Like I said in the first game of the year, uh, needs to be banished to the shadow realm. Like, I mean, like the last guy, the uh, previous guy said, he's on the floor to do pick and rolls. And I feel like it's getting to the point now to where either we're not getting the pick and roll or Luke is trying to get the pick and roll and either he's leaving it too short or Dwight Powell's literally just not finishing at the rim at this point. So uh-huh. at, at this point, like I said, mind him coming off the bench because he's energy and that's what, what it's the type of team. So... If the bench will give you that same energy for you know a six to five to six minute stretch, cool, no problem. But at the end of the day, can't complain about a win. One, um, hell, if we beat all the bad teams, at the end of the day, we'll probably get to forty-eight to fifty wins, which in the West I feel like should give you a top four seed. So at this point, we just gotta keep chipping away, and then hopefully things will kind of you know figure themselves out. Yeah, like we chatted about this a little earlier. Wins are wins, and I think we're all being a little bit nitpicky just because we've seen them play much better offense. But if you know, if if they're winning three out of four games, I think most of us will be happy. So yeah, and like I said, it is frustrating, you know, watching these first quarters. But uh, I'd rather start off down twenty than you know finishing the game down twenty. So as long as that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, thanks, Sam. Hope you can join us tomorrow night when we're all up very, very late for the Denver game. All right. All right. I have got to get going, guys. I apologize. Um, I will be back late, and we'll hang out because it's a Friday night, and I have to uh, – I don't think I have to do any – no, I have to parent and, and like, do my lawn and that sort of stuff. But I'm going to have to go to work, so I'll, I'll be fine staying up extra late tomorrow. Plus, last year, we were doing all this stuff till like, 1 in the morning my time. I'm being a big baby. All right, guys, thanks again for hanging out. We'll uh, try to make this longer, and you guys have a great Friday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.